All right, now it's time for the question, to end all questions. Um, and the reason why, and I'll explain why I asked all those questions before I got to this question, but the question that I have for you is now, what is your definition of success? What is success to you, and what is your philosophy on it? Yes, and, you know, to me, I find that as I get older, the definition of success is really fluid. It really depends on the influences I've been around that day, who I've been around, what I've been around that day. Um, if I find myself working a lot, watching a lot of motivational whatevers, then, you know, I'm like, make some money, make some money, make some money, we gotta make money. That's how you're successful. Um, and then, you know, if I find myself watching a lot of uh, uh, biblical things, reading a lot of my Bible, getting into my prayer bag, whatever, then I find myself like, okay, ultimate success is going to heaven, like being in heaven, um, and then sometimes if I'm just having a bad day, I'm like, it's just really a success to get through today, <laughs> it's just really like, like I said, sometimes it's just just a success in itself to just get through the day, um, so I think that the definition is so fluid, and that's what makes it so intriguing for me to talk about just to see what people deem as success. Everything I do, I do for you. Everything I do, I do for you. Everything I do, I do for you. Nah. When I was a teenager beginning to drive, my mom advised me to drive towards Winston-Salem if I ever got lost. She said going that way would eventually take me to a place familiar enough to guide me the rest of the way home. She was right. No matter how far I drove away from home, I knew I was in the right place when I saw a street sign that read Winston-Salem. At that time, we couldn't have known that I would end up spending my undergrad years down that same highway, but God has a sense of humor. During my freshman year of college, I would imagine myself addressing our senior class in a speech during graduation. The speech would begin the same way each time. I would say, when I was a teenager beginning to drive, my mom advised me to go towards Winston-Salem should I ever get lost. Who would have known that Winston-Salem is where I would find so much? The crowd would go wild, it would go like just like that. You know, during that first year, it did feel as if I'd found it all. I found solid friends, I had academic validation, I found self-confidence, I had a good reputation as far as I was concerned. In my head, I found all the things that a first-year student could look for. But then I got to the second year. All of a sudden, the familiarities became unknown to me. I experienced my first undeniable run-in with racial microaggressions, which complicated my idea of Wake Forest as a place of safety, as well as my larger position in the university. The friends that I thought I had, well, they were much different than I remembered, and frankly, I was changing too. The academic validation that I once had was no longer a viable cushion, as I didn't have that many assignments, and in turn, I didn't have many grades. The self-confidence that I worked so hard to gain seemed to be chip, chip, chipping away with every inconvenience that the year brought. All of this worked together and created a muddy mentality for me that left me second-guessing my standings and even my closest relationships. 
especially with myself. The first semester was difficult for me in all arenas, and admittedly, I was lost and sad and angry. A natural dilemma came with the fact that I wanted to get as far away from Winston as possible. So then I was in a predicament where I'm very much lost and my only source of direction is totally out of the question. Tell me, what what was I supposed to do? While I would love to say that I carved out a new path or asked for healthy ways to get help, I can't honestly say that. If I'm honest... I crashed out. I found it hard to trust others with my feelings based on the experiences I'd had and decided to bottle up as much as I could inside. I allowed each situation to build up inside of me until it began to fizzle over. Then that's when things got really tough. Before I knew it, bottled emotions fizzled into a deep depression that was not really aided by how torn I already was mentally. I fell back into a corner with problems at every entrance and exit, and for the first time in three years, I honestly considered ending my life, and that was a really dark place for me to be in for days at a time. No direction seemed sufficient enough to guide me out of the dark feeling that I felt, but eventually, with God's help, it became a bit easier to create a home inside of myself that could not be as shaken by the storms that life would inevitably bring throughout the rest of the academic year. In many ways, this episode and this season is like my navigation back home, which is why I felt it was important to begin with a voice note of myself from 2017 when I was creating an episode for my first podcast, The Renaissance Project, A Black Girls Movement. Hearing my young voice grounds me um, and reminds me that there will always be a home inside of myself and you as well. And um, you just have to be willing to find it. And sometimes we need help in doing so. College as a whole is a unique environment that requires a different kind of preparation. And it can be hard to find yourself personally while establishing yourself professionally and sustaining yourself academically. There is an added weight to students of color and first-generation students who may not have equivalent access to resources. This background foundationalizes where we will be journeying on this season, but before I get into that, I want to reintroduce myself to y'all. Hello, and welcome to season three of Chase at Wake, the show where the student becomes the teacher or something like that and provides a much-needed platform for Black experiences at my PWI, Wake Forest University. I am your hostess with the mostest, Chase, and I am super excited to be here with you today. A bit about myself, I am currently a sophomore double majoring in communications and African-American studies with a minor in Spanish. On campus, I am a tour guide, secretary for the Black Student Alliance, um, and an event and marketing coordinator an organization called TEDx. Outside of campus, I am the founder and visionary of a nonprofit called Chase's Chance, which seeks to bridge the gap between youth and opportunity. Um, my work in nonprofit has directly informed my passion for people and has served as a foundation for both of my podcasts. In 2020, I created the Renaissance Project of Black Girls Movement, which is a podcast platform committed to reimagining conversations in those who traditionally have them. 
It was my first podcast, baby, and very successful, if I do say so myself, garnering over 5,000 listens in two years during a pandemic at that. Um, So like I said, pretty good if I do say so myself. Growing with that podcast was a tremendously fruitful journey, and all of that has led me here talking to you on Chase at Wake. If you ever get confused on what exactly Chase at Wake is, you can remember it as a podcast providing the platform for Black experiences here at Wake because they deserve it. Outside of working, I find much joy in learning, and that takes place in a lot of ways. I love watching movies as I believe that much can be learned from visual storytellers and more than that, I love music. Um, It is the great connector in my eyes, so feel free to recommend new music whenever you see me. I'll take a listen and I'll probably talk your ear off with like a deep analysis of this or that, but that's what I really enjoy doing. I've found a new joy in reading, mostly because it helps my first love of writing. Um, and I enjoy writing a lot and just learning in general. And I think that's really reflected in my episodes through my use of like super flowery language sometimes and episode structures. But what can I say? I'm a nerd. One of the lessons that I have learned during my time as a student at Wake is that the beautiful, unfortunate thing about life is that it doesn't come with a handbook. When we arrive on earth, we are given a precious moment in the larger sphere of time to figure life out and maybe even make a small mark before we return from where we came. Though we all arrive on earth intending to figure life out, various resources can be advantageous to our pursuits. Since I was young, I found an intrigue in the life of celebrities. I love the idea of their life having anything you want at your disposal due to who you are and what you have. The idea of it sounded like paradise to me, and admittedly, it still does in some ways. Due to this intrigue, I would often watch videos of the stars, and especially their stories, in hopes that maybe one of them would spill the tea on how they got to where they are today. Out of all of those videos, of all of those people, the common theme was this idea of hard work. The stars instructed me to utilize my 24 hours wisely, taking minimal time for rest and to be oh so insanely locked into my vision that nothing could get in the way. I took this advice and decided to work until I couldn't work anymore. And I often talk about this moment in my life more so on the Renaissance Project because the consequences of it have greatly informed my worldview today. The reality of this idea of working hard and quote-unquote pulling yourself up from the bootstraps is beautiful in theory. Um, It encourages people, especially people of color, to continue working hard to reach their goals and to figure out life. Like I said though, in theory this sounds beautiful, but in practice not so much. The beautiful and unfortunate reality of life is that it doesn't come with a handbook. When we arrive on earth, we are given precious moments in the larger sphere of time to figure life out and maybe even make a small mark before we return from wherever we came from. Though we all arrive on earth intending to figure life out, various resources can be advantageous to our pursuit. During my time at Wake Forest, I have become acutely aware of the power of having resources and how that can shift the direction in your life. Though we all have the same 24 hours in a day, each of us does not begin the race from the same starting line. 
To speak specifically to the college experience, for some, attending college is a completely new venture for not only you, but your family, and you are entering the collegiate space with minimal help, guidance, and or resources. For others, attending college has been a tradition in our families, however, we still find some difficulty navigating daily life and relationships in school. Some people have never been away from home. Some people want to study abroad but don't know where to begin. Some people have never been in a predominantly white space. Some people have never been leaders but have been called into those positions. Though the scenario varies, the underlying message is that we are all learning, myself included, and having resources to assist in that learning process is an invaluable advantage. With all of this in mind, I created a theme for this season, and that is season three, Each One, Teach One. My goal for this season is to utilize my experiences along with a few great people that I've met along the way to immortalize a guidebook that will help students now and in the future navigate this space no matter where your starting line begins and understand that no matter how far from grace you feel you are, there's always a way home. So with that, the race begins. I want to say thank you so much for tuning in to the beginning of season three. I'm super excited and hope to see you back soon with a new conversation that's filled with just a bit of controversy. So get ready. I will see you on the flip side. Thank you. You want to do that. Everything I do, I do for you. Every- Everything I do, I do for you. Every- Everything I do, I do for you. Everything.